0: If you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Here we are another Monday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Thanks for joining us during this hour of The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, our program dedicated to spiritual direction. We take this hour and speak every day with different priests as they try and help us understand how God might be leading, where the Holy Spirit is trying to direct us in our lives, and how we can grow closer to God, how we can know and love and serve Him more. Well, today, as we begin the program, are you a person who routinely is late, wherever you're supposed to get going? You're always late getting there, late to appointments, late to work, late getting to school, late when you're supposed to meet up with friends or family. Or are you always on time, maybe even early? Does waiting for someone who is late, does that just drive you crazy? Are there times you've been late to something and you missed out? You were just simply too late. There are times when it might be too late, but many times it's not too late. Take, for example, some of these names that you might recognize. Bob Ross. You remember the painter Bob Ross? He had that show on public television, The Joy of Painting. Did you know that he didn't originally start out as a painter, though, when he was young? Believe it or not, Bob Ross had a 20-year career in the U.S. Air Force before he ever thought about starting a painting show. And it was after he retired from the, the Air Force, he was in his 40s, that's when he started working on painting and eventually created that popular show that ran on public television from 83 to 94, with reruns airing pretty much ever since, I think. Laura Ingalls Wilder, here's another name. You might be familiar with her because of her books or the television show, The Little House on the Prairie, that ran in the 70s in the early 80s. Laura Ingalls Wilder, she published her very first Little House book when she was 65 years old. How about the man who started growing McDonald's into the most well-known burger chain in the world? You might be familiar with the name Ray Kroc. Did you know he was 52 when he first started on that path, building new locations, offering franchise opportunities for McDonald's? 52 years old. Here's another name. Have you ever heard of Donald Fisher? That's kind of a generic name. So you might not know that Donald Fisher, along with his wife Doris, Donald and Doris, together they founded the clothing store The Gap. Neither Donald nor Doris, before that, had any retail experience. Plus, Donald, he was 44 when they launched that label for their clothing line. More than half of his life over, but they became one of the world's largest clothing chains. And eventually, they ended up buying the brand Banana Republic and starting another brand. They founded Old Navy. Again, all in the latter half of Donald's life. You remember Julia Child, of course, the famous television chef. She originally worked in advertising and media before she ever wrote a cookbook. It wasn't until she was 51, 51, that she made her television debut in the popular show that she starred in, that she hosted, The French Chef. Any idea how old Henry Ford was when he ended up rolling out his revolutionary Model T? He started making those Model T Fords when he was 45 years old. And here's another name for you, Anna Mary Robertson Moses. You might better know her as, and this is the name I always knew, the artist Grandma Moses. She began her painting career at 78 years old. 78. Back in 2006, one of her paintings sold for $1.2 million. And she didn't start painting until she was 78. A lot of great examples here of people who didn't think it was too late to try something new or maybe to keep trying in whatever field. And that's what today's show is about, not in regards to a professional career or some sort of business venture, but in regards to this season that we're in right now, Lent. We're in the home stretch of Lent, Palm Sunday. It's only six days away, and that's the start of Holy Week for us. Today, right now, we're less than two weeks until Easter Sunday. Sometimes when we're late to something, we think it might not be worth doing at all, but This hour we want to talk about how it's not too late to still make it a meaningful Lent. And joining us as our spiritual director for the hour, I'm glad to welcome back to the program a familiar voice here, Father Sam Martin. Father Martin is a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. He's the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin. Father Martin, welcome back to The Inner Life.
1: Oh, it's good to be with you, uh, Josh, and everybody else today, and I'm glad I Got here on time. I mean, at, uh, we always start at 11, and it's a good thing that I. they call me, and that uh, gets us off to a punctual beginning. So, But a great topic, and we look forward to whatever God has in store for us today.
0: Well, and you know, one of the things I was thinking about as we were planning on having this conversation, we actually talk about Lent itself as a time of preparation. You know, sometimes if you're preparing for Lent, that's that's great. It lets you maybe take advantage of the entire Lenten season. But Lent itself is actually a preparation for Holy Week, walking into especially the Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, that we get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So even if we don't feel like we've had maybe that strong of a last several weeks here of the Lenten season, preparation time is still underway there's still time for us to make it a good lent
1: yeah i think the one thing that lent always uh, reminds us is that well we're probably not ready for heaven i mean the spirit is willing the flesh is weak and we, if we made any resolutions most of us you know we feel a bit of a failure you know on some uh level anyway and we can sometimes we can kind of uh, you know look at new year's resolutions because they're a little more secular we may be oh well that's them and, but we're no different in the spiritual life we find it that we maybe we really want to grow and we want to take some strides and then you know now we look back and we're like gosh what happened i mean i i was good for like the first couple of days or weeks and now it's um but it's you know god is outside of time but in, he does give us this finite gift that we're going to have uh, you know so many grains of sand in our hourglass so to prepare for heaven and so that you know our will which is weak is is growing our our uh, mind is more attuned to the truth. Our heart is more able to forgive. All these things are of inestimable worth. And they, because they're so difficult, we. Uh, this is the old G.K. Chesterton insight about Christianity. It's not that it was tried and found wanting. It was found so difficult, so it wasn't tried at all. They just kind of set it aside, and we would find the same. That Lent reminds us that the spiritual life is beautiful. It attracts us. We are made for it, but uh, we find it so difficult to really kind of live it with any consistency, with any fidelity. And yet, all the things that you illustrated, and there are lots of uh, you know, examples in Scripture, too, about people that, it's too late for them to accomplish anything now. Well, that's not true, not in God's plan for us and um, Zechariah and Elizabeth or you know, Abraham and Sarah or Hannah, or there's so many people in the Scriptures that, yeah, it's too late, but it wasn't. This right. side of eternity, it's never too late to have a conversion to turn back to the Lord and really receive His mercy.
0: Well, so let's talk about Lent itself here. Um, Maybe go back to some of the fundamentals. You know, as we're discussing still making it a good Lent, even if we didn't feel like the last few weeks have gone that great for us, or if we had good intentions and we just didn't follow through, um, can you talk about what our focus should be here this week and next week as we do look ahead toward Easter? Um, And I guess maybe can you talk about it? for us as individuals, but also as a family or even a community of Catholics? What should our focus be here in these next couple of weeks?
1: Well, the summons at uh, Ash Wednesday always, you know, like when you fast, when you pray, when you give alms, and God, you know, through His Son Jesus revealing, it's it's not if, but when, so these things are, He's implying that we need to do those, and uh, if we've been uh, to some degree, uh, participating in those, great. If not, it's a good time to start and, and uh, or to resume uh, maybe what we had begun. And all these things are to configure us to Christ. I mean, we want to walk with Him. We want to be, uh, you know, in that passion and watching and witnessing, not as passive bystanders, but actively participating in our, uh, in our salvation. So yesterday it was uh, just talking about the scriptures were about how to forget and to put the past behind us, but also uh, the Mass has this part after the consecration called the anamnesis. It's a way of remembering that makes the past present, that Jesus dies but once, but every time we're at Mass, the veil is pulled so that we enter that, uh, we stand at the foot of the cross, and that's going to be difficult for us. We're going to be like the apostles. We want to run and hide. We, uh, The devil will get, give us lots of excuses to avoid being close to Jesus at this pivotal moment in human history. When he died and rose, uh, graces were given Uh, of infinite value, enough to save every soul that would ever ever be created. And so even maybe to think of how are we participating in the Mass, the fundamental, uh, the source and summit of our spiritual life, Sunday Mass. We have two more, uh, so to speak, uh, in terms of Lent, uh, Palm Sunday and then, of course, Easter Sunday, which is the culmination of everything that Jesus, His Father, the Holy Spirit, wanted to accomplish. So uh, we can... You look at those just fundamentals, the prayer and the fasting, the almsgiving. Uh, how do we grow closer to Jesus? The, the reading of the Passion, the preparation for Palm Sunday, the kind of entering in before we hear it proclaimed and we participate if we're lay people or clergy and whatever uh, level that we're uh, engaged in our faith, that really the, all those little things. My dad will always said that little things, they tell which way the wind blows. And little things in the spiritual life are important. Jesus himself said if you're faithful, in small matters, greater things will be entrusted to you. And when it comes to prayer, it's like the, the mustard seed. It's so small, but it, when it, it grows, it produces uh, this great towering plant, uh, which, of course, for us as farm kids, uh, it was a weed. It had to be pulled out of the wheat field or whatever. But uh, uh, these are things that Jesus wants us to look at the little things. you know, Are we having enough silence so that our prayer is able to be not just talking but listening? Receiving. This is where the Blessed Virgin Mary is the role model for the spiritual life. She receives God through the Incarnation, but also in many other ways in her life that she stores up these things in her heart because the understanding our faith seeks to understand, but that many times comes much later if it comes at all. And so even a woman conceived without sin has to engage that in a way that is a role model for us. That, uh, the silence that we try to live And these are busy days now, and the spring is coming, and we want to get outside and do all these things, but where is the silence in our life? And we can begin this week so that next week we can maybe more seamlessly kind of enter into silence, especially Good Friday as a day, and Holy Saturday, the Easter Vigil, days that should be characterized by some stepping back from the world and all of its uh, busyness and the frenetic pace that we try to live, and just engage that silence at the foot of the cross with Mary and St. John and the centurion and whoever else is there, all through the centuries, many, many holy men and women, like ourselves, that were striving uh, to find a, a friendship that Jesus was offering, and they were wanting to receive that gift uh, so as to share it with others. So all those are little ways, uh, because Holy Week is going to be here tomorrow or so, it's, it seems, you know, it just goes by in a flash, <laughs> and that we want to be, you know, like uh, Pope John Paul was said: tomorrow begins today. So... Uh, I can't do it all, I'm too busy, I'm just uh, something small, you know, just little things that grow. And that's uh, the key, because we we take on big things, they're not sustainable, then we quit, and we don't even do the little things. And maybe they're the more important, uh, because they humble us, and uh, that configures us to Jesus, who is meek and humble of heart.
0: Talking with Father Sam Martin today, here on The Inner Life, talking about the fact that it's not too late to still make this Lent a great Lent. How is your Lenten journey going? How have you uh, been able to make it a good Lent? Maybe you did have the best of intentions, but you didn't really stick to what you wanted to this Lent. What has helped you to get back on track? Or if you did get that late start, how are you making the rest of your Lent meaningful as we look ahead to Holy Week next week, as we look ahead to Easter coming up here in two weeks? 888 914 9149 is the number you can call in to speak with Father Martin. 888 914 9149 or email us innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, as you're talking about those little things that we can do, the, the ways that we can participate in our salvation that Christ calls us to do, um, maybe you can talk for a moment about our heart attitude in this because. If we are fasting, I mean, one of, the, one of the nice byproducts of fasting during the Lenten season, you might drop a few pounds, but if we go in with that being our primary focus, just wanting to lose weight, get in better shape physically, but we have as a secondary or maybe even a tertiary goal of growing in our relationship with Christ, then we've missed out on the main point of this season here.
1: Yeah, in the end we want to sanctify you know, our work and, and sanctify others through our work and so forth. These are things that are ongoing daily, you know, that um, our relentless ego can all of a sudden, I mean, we uh, that was the line from T.S. Eliot's Murder in the Cathedral, the last temptation is the greatest treason to do the right thing but for the wrong reason. So, I mean, we can do the right thing, and but it has ulterior motives, and uh, it's not a bad thing to be physically... Healthy and, and to, to be in shape, and you know, a strong body and a sound mind, so we can worship God uh, more consistently. But there can be vanity in it too, of course, and and all of these things. So I guess we um, we try, with God's help, uh, to allow His grace to make us transparent, to make us, uh, you know, so that everything is uh, that's hidden in our heart is, you know, in the light of Christ, it takes on a different uh, uh, different. View, if you will. So I just think that if people, you know, start somewhere, and we're not going to have pure motives. Maybe never 100% pure at any point in this life. But as long as we are submitting it to God, that these are the things I wanted to do for you. But also to remember, and this is the key, I think, is to remember what He's done for us. This is what inspires us. Otherwise, it's just us trying to earn some kind of a, you know, friendship. Like if I just if I do these things, then He'll love me. No, no, I think. We have to always begin, he already loves us, he already sees the good in us, and, and this is why um, the woman caught in sin, that she loves much, because she's been forgiven much. She never forgot that he did this for me, he took away my sins, he, he gave me a new hope, a new beginning, a, a clean soul, I didn't think that was even possible. And this is where, like in the uh, the, the uh, series called The Chosen, where so many times he Jesus shows his power in taking us back to our childhood and showing us how he sees us, that we are the children of God. That's what we are now, St. John writes. But, so I think that um, you know, if, even if you know, we're doing the right thing for the wrong reason, to continue that, but to maybe examine you know, through the Holy Spirit that, uh, because in the end, God's grace, it, uh, it pushes the devil out of the places that he might hide in our heart and soul that, Uh, You know, sometimes he's sneaky, and uh, we started with right intention, but somewhere along the line it got turned just a little bit, and that's why the ongoing examine of our our conscience and our consciousness, the St. Ignatian way of kind of being aware of how God is working, these things are necessary. Otherwise, like Socrates, the unexamined life is not worth living. We just float along and we miss all these opportunities for real, you know, a concerted effort to respond to what God has done for me that people say, well, why are you doing all these things? Because he did them for me. He's loved me so much. I just feel this gratitude. Well, and I want to sh- show him that I see my life as a gift. I see the way that he's helped me. And I what I've received as gift, I I hope to give as gift now. So we, we always have to kind of go back to remember who did what for whom. Uh, salvation is God's gift to us. And in the end, if we receive that, we become a gift to others. And uh, that's a beautiful way of always receiving. The spiritual life gets... Um, flipped upside down when we start doing and we're active and we're just, uh, we forget to receive. That's where Mary is a constant source of, uh, of support, but also as example to say, first in the silence, in prayer and contemplation, we receive and then we share the fruits of what we received with the people in our lives, our family and our friends.
0: Father Martin, let's go back to the phones. We've got Jim who's calling, and I'm also going to give out the phone number one more time here, uh, 888-914-9149, as we're talking with Father Sam Martin about how it's not too late to still make it a good Lent here. Still have a couple weeks before Easter. That's still time enough to get back on track. Maybe you had good intentions and you didn't follow through on those at the beginning of Lent, back on Ash Wednesday. Well, what has helped you maybe get back on that path where, uh, if you got that late start, you're being able to make it a meaningful Lent here? 888-914-9149. Jim, thanks for calling in. You're on the air with Father Sam Martin.
1: Hello. Um, enjoying your discussion here. Um, while I was listening, it had occurred to me um, that, uh, that parable uh, from Jesus about the um, the master of the vineyard who paid people the same amount whether they had started the day early or they came in uh, towards the very end of the day. Uh, the Lord was the uh, the vineyard owner was generous and and paid everybody the a full day's wage. That's a great uh, application, Jim. I mean, it, uh, now of course if they'd known that if they could show up late and get the same as the people who showed up early, this is the thing: is that uh, we're amazing when it comes to um, kind of manipulating things. But in the end, you know, God is different than us. He's not, uh, you know, his sense of mercy and justice, how he balances those. Uh, We worship a God who is both. And so, uh, you know, to recognize that, I mean, even like the good thief on the cross, uh, his conversion comes very late in his life. And for some people in our circle of friends, maybe for some of us listening, that we'd say, I wish I would have known then what I know now. But rather than that, to to recognize and to be grateful uh, that it came at all, that God never gives up on a soul this side of eternity, that he gives us this time to respond. And, those, and he says, you know, why do you stand here idle all day? And it almost sounds accusatory, but we don't know, you know, that each person, they come when God's grace and when they cooperate with that grace, and that's a mystery. And I think that we get frustrated for those of us who maybe have been working all day, or so it seems, and we look around and, We make these comparisons, and and that's not healthy for our spiritual life. But um, that's a good application, Jim. I hadn't thought of it that way uh, to this, you know, bringing it with this topic. It certainly is germane to what we're saying. So uh, thanks for calling in.
0: Jim, so glad you called in and shared your thoughts there, too. Uh, Again, our phone number here, if you'd like to call in, 888-914-9149. How have you been able to motivate yourself to stick with your Lenten spiritual goals this year? Or did you have to revise maybe partway through the season of Lent? Maybe did you set some goals that were too ambitious and it was difficult to stay on track? Maybe your goals weren't difficult enough for you and you didn't feel like it was making any sort of difference in your spiritual walk and growing closer to Christ here during the season of Lent. We'd love to hear how your Lent is going. 888-914-9149, 888 9149 More to come here with Father Sam Martin on The Inner Life. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on this Monday. I'm Josh Raymond, and so glad to have you along with us today. As we're talking with our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, talking about how it's not too late. You can still make this a great Lent. Maybe the last month of Lent has just flown right by. And you feel like, oh, I've just really missed out on this opportunity. No, there's still time, still time to make it a good Lent. And uh, if you have, if you've gotten that late start, how are you making the rest of this Lenten season meaningful? Um, If you have been sticking with those Lenten goals, those disciplines, those three pillars of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, Uh, How have you been able to keep yourself motivated throughout the entire season of Lent? We'd love to hear how that has happened in your life. 888-914-9149 is the number you can call in and join join us here on the program. 888-914-9149. Father, with Jim's call right before the break... You'd made a brief reference to, you know, he was talking about that parable of the workers that come at different points throughout the day and they work in the vineyard and it doesn't matter when they started, if they started at the beginning of the day or if they came in the last hour and they received all the same payment at the end there. And the people who had been there in the vineyard, they were grumbling because they'd been working all day and they thought they should have gotten more. Um, And even the response of the vineyard owner, am am I not free to do with my own money as I see fit? Or are you jealous because I'm generous? You know, he, he has these responses. But you made reference that, you know, sometimes we try and maybe work the system a little bit. And you mentioned the thief on the cross. You know, there are those kind of deathbed conversions. And when they do happen, that's wonderful that somebody comes to repentance at the last moment. And there is that, that reception of salvation offered from Christ. But for most of us, we have this knowledge of the truth of salvation offered to us through Christ and we shouldn't really wait until the last minute. We shouldn't try and work the system, shouldn't try and play a game where we just wait, 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 and then try and play catch up at the end.
1: Yeah, and our fallen nature, I mean, there's always going to be that temptation, and we're going to get encouragement on that front, you know, from the devil. He doesn't want us to engage this at all. But I don't think anybody that ever experiences the beauty or the goodness, the truth of God, wishes that they'd started later in life. I mean, I don't think anybody that really knows love says, I I wish I could have just waited till my last breath. I mean, no. I mean, love is so, you know, inspiring and healing and gives us hope. It's the reason we were created. It's it's our whole divine vocation is to give and receive love, first to receive it so that we recognize we are loved, and then as we receive this gift that we don't really merit but it's just there, then we have a reason to, to live for others, to kind of come outside of our own, Uh, brokenness, that we're all survivors of original sin, so we're all wounded. But no one had ever really, you know, experienced God's love, which is, gosh, I I could have postponed this for 10 years. I mean, are you crazy? It's like when you experience the most beautiful thing, you say, I wish I could have known this earlier in my life. So I remember when we were kids that the priest would say that this deathbed conversion, you know, the good thief, uh, St. Dismas, they give him a name, too, through a tradition anyway, that it's in the scriptures to give people that you know that struggle with despair the hope that there could be a happy ending. But there's only one instance of it in the scriptures to you know dissuade anybody from thinking that well that'll that'll work for me. That's there's that only one example of it, you know, that uh, so lest we think of trying it ourselves. Uh, and it's like why would you want to put off something that's so beautiful and that's going to give you hope and it's going to redeem your life? I mean, it, I know because we think that God is going to take our life and is going he's going to ruin it, that I'm comfortable, I'm happy where I'm at, I, he's just going to steal everything. But, you know, this was where uh, when Pope Benedict was elected, he was quoting Pope John Paul when he was elected about not being afraid. And then Benedict was saying, aren't we all afraid that God might take something that makes life meaningful, it might rob us of the things that we enjoy, it might somehow be a killjoy after all? That, And the answer is no, he doesn't. I mean, he... He wants the fullness of our life. He says, I wish that my joy were in you and that your joy was complete. And I mean, this is a God that we, because of original sin, we're always suspicious of Him. You know, that if I could find a loophole, find a way to, you know, get into heaven without really having to do any work or deny myself or take up my cross, those things don't sound like much fun. But then you have a woman like St. Catherine of Siena who is saying it's heaven all the way to heaven. And you read her life and you see how she suffered and how difficult it was. But she discovered that we are happier following the Lord and living the life that he's called us to than the people who don't, even if they have all the things of the world and the comfort and the, the things that the world promises will give us meaning and, and purpose. She would say that, um, uh, no, I, I have found a deeper joy. Mother Teresa is the same. I mean, that joy was Jesus first, other second and herself last that uh, you, uh, so these uh, letters as an acronym that she discovered these things. And, um, Unless it's lived, though, and this is where people will say that worldly people that have everything that the world affords, they'd say, well, I mean, you people in the church, I mean, those of you following Jesus, you have no idea what you're missing. <laughs> There'd be a lot of people that uh, lived that life and had conversions and came back to the Lord and said, no, 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 we, we know what we're missing. Uh, the f- fact is you don't know what you're missing, the worldly people that have never you know, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. So I know there always is going to be this sneaking suspicion that, yeah, and that's going to be encouraged by the the spirit of the world and, of course, the devil himself, uh, not to get too excited about it. but um, Because once we have a sense of what's real and what's true and what's beautiful, the counterfeits, they're still attractive. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, well, once you start to grow in the Lord, you're never going to be tempted again oh, uh, we're like the Israelites. We'll go back to the fleshpots in Egypt tomorrow if we could because those things are just easier. And, and found the Lord, there's a lot of failure in us, and it's hard for us to live with failure. I mean, this. I always think about baseball, which is about to begin, and I don't know if that's a, a good thing. We hope the Brewers can uh, put out a good team this year. But anyway, uh, you know, that baseball players have to learn to live with a lot of failure because even a good hitter is going to, you know, Uh, be unsuccessful like 70% of the time. And psychologically, that's hard for us. And uh, in the faith, many of us fail on a regular basis. But if we give that to God, that becomes a source of such humility and compassion. It allows us, more than anything else, our failures given to God. They teach us how to love sinners, including the one that we see in the mirror every morning. And that sometimes is the hardest person for us to love. But if we don't, Jesus said, Love your neighbor, as yourself? And if we don't learn to love ourselves, how could we see the gift of, of other people and, and their struggles and the life God has given them? So I know, uh, you know, putting things off, procrastination, I, there was a great senior quote in a yearbook one time, and it said that, uh, I know apathy is a disease, but I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've always laughed about that. I said, yeah, touche, you know, that uh, these things, um, they are a spiritual malady, And, uh, we don't have to feed them. I mean, the world, the flesh, the devil, those things are happy to feed that malady, but I don't know. I mean, I think once you discover that you're sick, you feel like, I think I'm going to roll the dice and just see what it's like to be healthy for a change. Mm -hmm. And once you are, why would you want to go back? Of course, we're always going to be tempted to go back. Oh, it was easier then. And those were the good old days. And this is what keeps some people in the bottom of a bottle, whatever it is for many, many years. But, um, you know, that was like the little uh, prince uh, with the tippler, the guy that struggles with alcohol. The little prince asked him, so why do you drink? And he says, well, to forget. Yeah. To forget what? That I drink. Ah, yeah. oh, see, I mean, that's sin. I mean, it's just a, it's a broken record. I mean, it's a, a cycle that we couldn't break, but Jesus did. And once we start to taste and see freedom, which comes from knowing and living the truth, uh, why would you want to go back to your shackles and chains? But sometimes we do, and uh, those who wait until the last minute, I don't think they're that happy. I don't think that there's any joy in that. But even so, we do well to acknowledge that. But for God's grace, (laughs) that would be me. And uh, please, God, help me, protect me, keep me from uh, that slavery that I've known all too well.
0: Uh, Father, as you're talking about those failures that we experience in our life, and let's say that it is in regards to our Lenten journey here, you know, that we started out with the best of intentions and we just didn't follow through. And then there can be that apathy that you talk about that we just say, ah, uh, I, I didn't stick with it. What's the point? Um, any Any advice or encouragement for somebody who finds themselves in that position right now where... They started out, seemed like it was going well for maybe the first few days, or maybe even the first week, week and a half, something like that. And then whatever they were trying to do this Lent, it just kind of fell apart. And they've said, "Uh, is it even worth it right now? What would you say to that person?
1: Well, in the spiritual life and a lot of other aspects of human existence, finishing strong is always a good idea. You know, that sometimes it, it seems too late, but Uh, maybe that's really the motivator. You know, I mean, it's it's been a while since the Packers have won a Super Bowl, but typically when they've played their best is when the chips are down, and then they just say, we're going to win out or whatever. And so spiritually, to finish strong, to say that uh, there are still things. I mean, this is where, like in a holy hour, St. Ignatius would say that if it's really dry and you're not feeling engaged, and every time you look at your watch, it feels like you've been here for hours and another 30 seconds have elapsed. He said, stay there until the end. Perseverance, especially when they're seemingly has nothing in it for us, then we know that someone somewhere is benefiting. I mean, the body of Christ is one, and we're all members of it. So why would I want to contribute something to the body of Christ? I mean, somebody said one time, you know, when you go to confession, the whole body of Christ benefits because one part of it just got healthy, just got closer to Jesus, just brought in this grace. And so I can contribute something to the whole body of Christ? Yes. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if it was only about us, I mean, like, Well, I guess I just am not, I don't have what it takes. Individually, I'm just, you know, not going to be holy. So you you cash in your chips and and check out. But it's not just about us. I mean, there's the whole body of Christ. There are all these men and women out there that are desperate for God's love and they don't know about it. So why, when I live the faith that I've been given as a gift, why, when I live that knowing that it'll help someone somewhere? Somebody asked St. John Vianney one time, what do you do, you know, for penance? You'll have all these people come to the confession and. How do you handle their penances? He says, I give them a light one, and I do the rest of it myself. Whoa. Now, this is a man who is convinced that his life is not for him, but it's for others. And that's what Lent is. It's like, I didn't get anything out of it. Well, was it for you or for for Jesus, for his people? I mean, I I didn't do enough, and I I feel like a failure. Well, you did something. I mean, and someone out there somewhere, in some way, is going to benefit. You're going to meet that person in heaven. You're going to meet the people who helped you. I mean, the body of Christ is one. And we're all members of it, not the same. We might be the foot or the elbow or the ear, but we all have something we can contribute. If Lent was just about us, then it's a New Year's resolution, and it's easy to quit. But it's about others. I mean, that's what makes our life worth living. I mean, that's what gets parents out of bed in the middle of the night, because they love getting up. No, they, there's a baby who's sick, and they, they love the baby, and they make the sacrifice. This is what Jesus came to reveal, that he didn't come to be served but to serve. And loving other people... It invigorates us. It gives us a, all the motivation we need to say that, okay, yeah, 10 days left. But if I do something, someone is going to be the recipient. The body of Christ just got healthier because I re-engaged. Good, because the body of Christ it has a lot of uh, wounds, <laughs> and a lot of those are uh, caused by our sins, of course. But, um, but we can maybe have a counterbalance and the good that we've done, too. Yes, we did some harm. But by the grace of God, we were able to do some good. And someday we'll rejoice forever to say, Lord, you were so good to me that you let me get to play that part, to do something for someone else. That's the best feeling in the world. It's the most gratifying thing to know that our life is a gift to others. So in faith, we believe that. So uh, as they say at the end of uh, Shawshank Redemption, uh, get busy living or get busy dying, <laughs> I guess. Is, uh, so Lent is about, well... The grain of wheat is falling to the ground and dying, but every time we fail but respond with hope, we rise again. And so does the whole world.
0: Father Sam Martin is our spiritual director today. As we're talking about entering into these last couple of weeks of Lent, there's still time to make it a great Lent. What have you been doing to try and make this a good Lent for yourself? Maybe you had that time here over the last few weeks where... You didn't stay strong with uh, those Lenten resolutions that you wanted to engage in over the last uh, month here. And you need that little bit of encouragement, you'd like to talk with Father Sam Martin, you can call in at 888-914-9149, 914 uh, 9149 Maybe it's been a good Lent for you. What has helped to make it that really successful Lenten journey for you? And we'd love to hear your story. 888-914-9149. And we'll continue talking with Father Sam Martin here in just a moment, and also taking your phone calls right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour brought to you in part by Father Stu, starring Mark Wahlberg, along with Mel Gibson. Exclusively in movie theaters nationwide on April 13th. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without a parent. Talking today about our Lenten journey. Less than two weeks to go until Easter here. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. And our spiritual director today on The Inner Life is Father Sam Martin, a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. And maybe it's been a difficult Lent for you. You didn't stick with everything that you wanted to do here during this Lenten season. And you're wanting to get back on track. Well, it's not too late, and that's what we're talking about here today on The Inner Life. And you're welcome to call in with your questions at 888-914-9149. That's the number to call in and join the program, 888-914. 9149. Or maybe it's been a great Lent for you. What has helped you to have that fantastic Lenten journey? What's been part of that process for you that's helped you uh, grow in those areas of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, ultimately growing closer to God during this season of Lent as we look ahead to to Easter? Again, the number 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to Shirley. She's listening in St. Augustine, Florida. Shirley, thanks for calling in.
2: Hi, I just wanted to say that I think Father Rocky saved my Lenten uh, resolution this year. I was really struggling. Um, I'm in my 70s, and so it's difficult to actually do much fasting. And so in previous years, I fasted from uh the computer or daytime TV or something like that. And so I had, um, I was going to... Um, Fast from daytime t v only the news and the weather, and then turn it off, I was really struggling with it, and um, I was listening to relevant radio on the car radio, and they were talking about Father Rocky had his uh, mass um, um, thing that on um, email right the lentil so lessons, I, yeah, yeah, you, so you've been yeah, getting those the Shirley lessons, yeah, and pardon.
0: I just said you've been receiving those then throughout this Lent.
2: I have, yes. And of course, when I started receiving them, I see that I could get relevant radio on my computer because I don't have a a radio in my home. So I started listening to all the programs during the day and going to mass and doing the uh, the rosary and, um, you know, just. The divine mercy and um so um, i I just feel like um it's sort of uh given me um, education as well as uh opportunity to pray as a as a family so i I think uh father rocky saved my uh my Lenten resolution
1: yeah surely it's uh, something that I think we discover, you know, that uh, we're never alone, but sometimes we, uh, our struggles, make us feel more isolated. And then to discover a whole community of, of in this case, Catholics, uh, uh, devoted to Jesus and trying to learn in their minds, but also in their hearts, how to receive the gift of His friendship and how, you know, to imitate Him and to, to be whatever a Christian is—to be a disciple, a witness of the faith, hope, and love that He's given us as these theological gifts, these virtues—and uh, then. And to feel you know like even in our discouragement that we're not alone, I and mean, maybe more than anything else, that sort of suffering uh really can bring about a solidarity, you too, yes, it's a struggle and uh but we haven't given up yet. We see others that um, are similar that they find these things to be overwhelming too, but they found like yourself, surely other ways of um little ways of sanctifying the day and uh making sacrifice because that's a part of love and they they used to say where there's Great love sacrifice is easy. I I don't know. I mean, if it's ever easy, but it's it's possible, and it's there wouldn't be great love if there weren't sacrifice. In the next life, it'll be different. I mean, in so far as no suffering that uh, is a part of love in heaven, but down here, suffering seems to be the mark of love, and we see that in Jesus and his wounds and what he get, did for us on the cross. We see it in in so many ways that um, you know that suffering is uh, is a part of you know love. Bears all things, hopes all things and uh, endures all things, and so the greatest is love. And you've discovered that uh, through relevant radio, especially on the computer, and uh, there are many ways, you know, if we're outside of uh, a good, strong radio signal or whatever, and I think my mom said she'd be listening this morning on the radio, so uh, a little call out, a little shout out to mom right now, Uh, but it's uh, so many ways for us to be connected to Christ, and uh, His message is one of hope. It challenges us, it asks us to to turn away from things that are unhealthy and uh, to, to find this freedom lived according to his uh, inscrutable will. So surely you're a witness to that and a reminder to us of uh, all the people that um, have benefited from the many sacrifices that got this, uh, put this station on the air and keep it on the air so that we can hear the good news that is uh, for all people, that we were made by God, redeemed by his only begotten Son, and now given hope by the Consoler, the the Sanctifier, the Holy Spirit, who inspires us and uh, helps us to live with peace. God bless you, Shirley. We're grateful for your phone call.
0: Shirley, glad to have you as part of the program today. And again, our phone number here in the studio, 888-914-9149, talking with Father Sam Martin here on The Inner Life. Father, another thing that we might talk about for a moment is, you know, let's say that our Lent is going... Pretty good. You know, we've been really on track with our Lenten journey, but maybe we have a spouse or we have a teenager or a child who came back home for spring break from college and they just really aren't engaged in Lent this year. Any thoughts on how we might be able to? encourage them, maybe give a gentle nudge in the right direction so that they get a little more engaged in Lent here these last couple of weeks, uh, and especially in a way that won't turn them off to the church, that won't do, you know, uh, more harm than good?
1: Yeah, that, uh, (laughs) I'm glad we're running out of time in the program because those are difficult questions and uh, they're not easily Uh, Resolved and Mm -hmm. first and foremost, you know, our prayers and our sacrifices to say that, you know, Lord, you you know, this you use my life however you see fit. I know that no prophet without welcome except in his own hometown. So I know in my own family or the people closest to me, I might not be able to have the influence or the impact that I'd like. But somebody was just telling me this little anecdote about the CCD teachers were kind of sitting in the you know the lounge and just talking about how the kids, uh, you know, how fruitless it felt and the futility of it all like a lot of these kids aren't you know their families don't come to church they don't pray they don't know the scriptures they don't and so what are we doing just wasting our time and I got to the last guy uh, who was the the newest CCD teacher and he said you know I was actually one of those kids You know, and my family we just never this is the only thing that I had by way of organized religion and I guess maybe it worked I mean it's so to see I I wanted to teach these kids I wanted to share my faith with them and so we just never know uh, the impact I mean first of all and, um, you know, if we can say an encouraging word, but that's, it should always come out of prayer. Like, Lord, if, if you want me to say something, well, then give me the words. And Jesus said that he would, so we can sincerely pray that way. Because otherwise, we're out there kind of directing and, and, you know, forming and pushing. And sometimes that does uh, leave a, a poor taste in another person's mouth. Yeah. They feel judged. They feel looked down upon. They feel, you know, pushed. And they, they don't like that. Human beings are, um, we're pretty stubborn. And uh, if the right person comes along and says it, but we might not be that person. However, uh, you know, we're supposed to, to live our faith with uh, with generosity and to do that in a way that hopefully is a magnet and hopefully it's light that uh, leads others to want to be like that. And re- rarely will we see the people that we've uh, inspired because otherwise we would sit around and say, wow, Lord, you are a lucky God to have somebody like me. Well, of course, that uh, it destroys any sort of humility which is a part of love so generally we won't know the impact but never to underestimate never to think that it's not having uh you know that my lent and my sacrifices my prayers they don't seem to be working yeah that's uh that's we walk by faith not by sight we can't see but we do say we believe in things visible and invisible and we suspect that the invisible is far more expansive than the visible world so let god work at his pace Trust him. Believe in him. You know, start to thank God for what he's doing. Thanks to, in part, your prayers and sacrifices that, Lord, I know you love my children. I know you love my family, my spouse, my, my friends. I know that you're preparing a place for them. And I, I need to pray with confidence so that I don't get discouraged, I don't get pushy, and I don't get judgmental. And, Lord, that's really hard, so, uh, but I'll try. With your help, we'll put out into the
0: deep. Uh, Father, down to just a few seconds here, any recommendations on any saints that you might encourage people to look at for their example here in these last couple of weeks if they're needing some encouragement to make this Lent uh, really good last couple of weeks?
1: Well, just in the scriptures, I mean, somebody like a St. Mary Magdalene who, you know, is a a symbol of the whole human heart and how how much God... And Jesus loved her, and uh, she's really a a role model for a lot of us, or any of the apostles, and their struggles with uh, Holy Week is tough. It's tough on the closest followers of Jesus. It was then, and it will be now. But to see that he loved them, and having loved his own in the world, he loved them until the end.
0: Father Sam Martin, we've got about 30 seconds here. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for everyone listening?
1: Certainly may Almighty God bless you, guide and protect you, give you zeal and hope during these holiest days of the year. May God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit
0: amen amen thank you so much father sam martin for being with us here on the program today always great to talk with you also thank you to nick sentovich and sarah tefoya for their help in producing the program maria stephanie marcel i'm sorry we didn't have time to get you on the air today but thank you for calling in and of course if you joined us late if you missed some of the earlier portion of the broadcast you can find that at RelevantRadio.com or you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. The podcast will be posted here shortly after the, the end of the show today. And want to encourage you to join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life. We're going to be talking with Father Peter Armenio about the Stations of the Cross, a very regular Friday devotion here during Lent. And we're going to spend some time trying to dive into that devotion, understand it better so we can get more out of it. We'll talk with you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.